Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Lois, for leading this morning. We're on week four, I believe it is, of our psalm series for the summer, Song Track for Your Life. And each week, if you've been around, you know that in your bulletin here, we're giving you one verse to memorize each week and one song to add to your playlist that will go with what we talk about each week. And Last week was the first week in this series where I didn't start my sermon by reciting our memory work, and uh, some of you called me on that and pointed that out to me. I hope that's because all of you, or at least some of you, are memorizing those verses along with me and wanted to prove that you had been doing it too. I hope I'm not the only one memorizing. So last week we looked at Psalm 22, which is a psalm for our Savior, right? We looked at how Psalm 22 pointed us towards Jesus and revealed not just the facts of his resurrection, but revealed the feeling of his, res- his death and his resurrection for us. And so our verse came from Psalm 22, which said, you who fear the Lord, praise him, for he has not despised or disdained the suffering of his afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. So I hope that that verse will stick with you when you are feeling like you're the suffering one, the afflicted one, and you know that God is not hiding his face, but hears you and listens to you. So if you haven't tried to memorize the verse yet this summer, I encourage you to start this week. It's not too late to start, and I'll give you a little hint. The verse for this week It's probably the shortest one we're going to have all summer. Okay, so if you want to start with an easy note, start this week and get those psalm verses stuck into your mind, those songs that God gives us. Our psalm for this week is Psalm 67. You want to take out your Bibles, if you would, please, to Psalm 67, page 564. It's a psalm for our nation, fitting for this weekend as we celebrate the 4th of July, our nation's birthday. You know, if you turn on the radio at all this weekend, if you go to any 4th of July parades or, or if you create a patriotic station on your Pandora account or your Spotify account, I'm guessing that sometime this weekend you're going to hear the song, God Bless America. In fact, if you're friends with Ivan Rest Student Ministries on Facebook, you probably heard it as David Kuyper and a van full of girls saying God bless America on their drive back from New Jersey on Friday. You've already heard it. It's a song that asks God, God, please bless America, land that I love, stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above, from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America. My home sweet home. Now, really that's a prayer. And I'll admit right up front that I doubt many people sing it as a prayer. Mostly it's just a patriotic song declaring love for our nation. But if they did make that a prayer, if they truly were listening to the words that they were singing and were praying God's blessing on behalf of the United States, if we did that, what would we be asking for with those words? What does it mean for us to be blessed by God? Right? In, in our minds, my guess is the default area that we go to is, is we translate God's blessing with our success as a nation, right? God's blessing for our nation means that this fall the harvest will be great. 
God's blessing for our nation means that our economy and hopefully our retirement funds and will just keep on getting stronger and stronger. God's blessing for our nation means that gas prices stay low for us. God's blessing means we experience peace or, or we at least win whatever battle or fight we need, we need to engage in. God's blessing might mean that we win a whole bunch of gold medals at this Summer Olympic. We at least get more than Russia, right? God's blessing that we ask for means that America is always successful. We're always the winner. That our nation will always be rich. That we'll always be great. That's what our minds go to. Is that what it truly means for us to be blessed by God? And how do we go about getting that blessing? Is just asking for God to bless us enough and he just pours out blessing? And if God does give us blessing, what do we do with that blessing? Do we just sit back and enjoy it? Are we asking God for anything more than a perpetual day at the beach for our nation when we say God bless America? Well, I think we need to read Psalm 67 to begin to understand this prayer for blessing from God and what it really means for us. So listen to just the seven short verses of Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God, May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the people justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Now, verse 1 here is a pretty clear prayer for communal blessing from God, right? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. God bless all of us. Let's ask, first of all, who's the us? May God bless us. Who's the us that is asking for this blessing from God? Who are the recipients of the blessing? We could answer that the us here is the nation of Israel, right? Now, this is a national request for blessing from God. Instead of God bless America, maybe this, this is God bless Israel. It's that song. And in some ways, we would be right with that. After all, this is the people of Israel singing this song. The nation of Israel living in the land of Israel. They were God's chosen people. They were the nation that God had chosen to align himself with. This was a theocracy they were living in. With a king put in place to follow God's directions. Not a democracy where the will of the people is such the direction. So in some ways you could say, yeah. This is the nation of Israel asking for blessing from God. But we have to realize that, that this song was not written for the nation of Israel. This song was not written for their annual 4th of July celebration. This was not an Independence Day song that they sang. This was a worship song. It's a song that they sang in the temple, in their church, in worship. 
It's a prayer that was sung at the very end of worship, right before the priest gave the final benediction, gave the final blessing. They would sing this song. May God bless us. This is a prayer for God's blessing to be on the people of God, not the nation of Israel. And that gives us a whole, whole different perspective, doesn't it? And so apply it today. Think about today and this weekend. On this holiday weekend, I hope that, I hope that we celebrate well the birthday of our nation. Okay? We have freedoms and opportunities that other people in this world could only dream of and imagine. Right? We're free to worship. We're free to vote. We're free to speak. We're free to work. We're free to serve. It's worth celebrating our nation this weekend. But we cannot fall into the trap of wrapping God in an American flag. Right? Too often, too often we're tempted to see ourselves and our country as, as the new Israel, right? The chosen nation. We are God's chosen people. We equate our national earthly kingdom with God's worldwide spiritual kingdom. Well, that equation doesn't work. We can't make our prayer only God bless America that was never the point of Israel either. God bless Israel. Right? Remember God's message way back when he chose Abram to be his covenant partner. The, the start of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, right? Back in, in Genesis 19, God enters into this covenant agreement with Abram, with the patriarch of the nation. At the very beginning of this experiment of God's, he says to Abram, I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the people of the, on the earth will be blessed through you. All the people on the earth. God didn't choose to be in a special relationship with the nation of Israel simply for their sake. So that they might be a successful nation. So that they might be a world power. He poured his blessing on them so that all the people of the earth would be blessed through them. They were not the only recipients of his blessings. They were to be the conduit by which his blessings flowed to the whole creation. To all the world. That's who this blessing is asked for. All the world. That's exactly what happened with the nation of Israel. Right? The, the Old Testament nation of Israel failed. We see their fall in the Old Testament stories, right? Their land was taken. Their cities are destroyed. Their armies are defeated. They're led off into captivity. And when they finally return from captivity decades later, they're only a shell of the nation that they used to be. And yet, it is through Israel that God poured his blessing into this world. It is through Israel that God sent his son, Jesus, who was, who was born Jewish, who never left the borders of Israel, who died and rose just outside the city of Jerusalem. He is the 
ultimate blessing, not just to the nation of Israel, but to the whole world. Right? He is the fulfillment of God's covenant promise to Abram. Through God's people, the whole world was blessed. And today, you and I, before we are Americans, before we are citizens of the United States, are God's covenant people. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And that's what I love about Reformed covenant theology. Right? As Jesus followers, the citizens of the kingdom of God, we claim our place in God's continued covenant relationship with its promises and its responsibilities. As Christians who happen to live in the United States, one of the richest and most powerful countries in the world, we cannot limit our request for God's blessing to just us, to just our country. We cannot make this only God bless America. We must make this a kingdom prayer. Because God's desire is that his people will continue to be conduits of blessing to the whole world. Our kingdom prayer, our kingdom desire as followers of Jesus Christ is not that God will only bless America, but that God will bless everybody else too. And that he'd do it through us. That's really the message of the middle of this psalm. Right, verses 1 and 2 are that, that clear prayer for blessing. Right? And then verses 3, 4, and 5 give us the motivation for this prayer. What's the purpose of this blessing that they're asking for? Right? The desire isn't that their lives be protected, that their lives be made easy. It doesn't say that here. You know, God bless us so that we have an easy and safe life. Their desire isn't that their nation become the greatest and most powerful nation in the world. It's not in there. Their desire isn't that they have food and peace and happiness. That's not in there. Their motivation in asking for God's blessing here is that God would be known throughout the world. They say it often that God would be praised. Right? Verses 3 and 5 are, are the refrain of the psalm that echo, that, that echo each other. Right? May the people praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. And in between, verse 4 broadens that motivation, broadens that request to the whole world. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. They aren't asking for God's blessing here out of a sense of selfishness as we so often do. They are asking for God's blessing so that they might give credit and glory and honor and praise all right back to God again so that they might be the conduit for God's blessing to go out into this world. They want God's favor to be so obvious in their lives as followers of the kingdom of God that the whole world takes notice of him. Not them. Our hearts and attitudes. We need to take a lesson from that. Our hearts and attitudes must be right when we ask for God's blessing. If we are asking out of a selfish and greedy motivation, then our request is anything but holy. 
It is God's kingdom that we must have in mind when we ask for God's blessing on our country or our family or our individual lives. It is God's kingdom. Bless us, Lord, so that you might be honored, so that you might be glorified, so that your ways may be known in all the earth, and your salvation, your kingdom be known among the nations and among our families and in our neighborhoods and with our co-workers. You, God. So we need to understand that the blessing that we are asking for isn't just about us and our purposes and our lives. It's for God. It's for his kingdom purposes. And then we also need to know that our understanding of blessing, our definition of blessing, might just be different from God's understanding of what we're asking for? What is it that we actually receive when we receive God's blessing? You know, often we, we pray for God's blessing. Right? Verse one starts off, God be gracious to us and bless us. Make your face shine upon us. And then we sit back and we, and we wait for those good things to rain down on us. Okay, God, I asked for it. Now it's your turn to just give it. We wait for God to do his work following our request. And sometimes that's exactly what God does. Sometimes he surprises us with undeserved gifts simply because we asked. And simply because he loves us so much. Sometimes you say, God, please bless us, and he does. But most often, what God does is he reveals to us where we can find those blessings that we're asking for. In his grace, he directs us towards a life that is blessed. Then he lets us decide if we're going to pursue those blessings or not. Again and again, in his word, God points us towards blessing. He says, if you go there, you're going to find blessing. If you do this, you're going to be blessed. Right? And then he encourages us to choose that path. Choose the path to living that will end in blessing. It's there waiting for you already. It doesn't need to rain down from heaven already. It's there waiting for you. And so he says, keep the Sabbath. And you're going to be blessed with a, with a well-balanced life that has a healthy pace to it. He says, he says, you'll be blessed if you reserve sex for marriage. You'll be blessed by a relationship that's built on a foundation of trust and unity. He says, children, honor your parents. Parents, don't provoke your children. And if you love and respect each other in this family unit, you're going to be blessed in your relationships together. Trust me, you will, he says. He says, be content and be generous with the material possessions you have. And you know what? If you do that, you're going to be blessed by a life that's free from envy, that's free from striving after things that don't matter, that you're going to leave behind at the end of your life anyways. There's a path to blessing. It's contentment and generosity. 
He says, spend time, spend time in, in my word. Spend time in my word cultivating an intimate relationship with me. Spend time in prayer. And you know what? You will be blessed by my presence in your life. And you'll be blessed by my direction showing you true and holy living. He says, speak truth and love. Marry those two things together, truth and love. And you're going to be blessed with relationships with people all around you, relationships that are deep and pure and honest and godly. He says, work for justice. Defend the defenseless. Have mercy on those who need mercy. And you're going to be blessed with a life that really matters to God and makes a difference in the lives of people in this world. That's a huge blessing. The path is all right there for us. Blessings, blessings don't usually come into our lives on a whim whenever God decides to suddenly pour it out. Sometimes it works that way. Most often, blessings come through obedience. Blessings come when we follow the plan and the path to blessing that God has laid out before us and given us. And, and I know that's not what we like to hear. Oh, it's a lot more fun, isn't it, to do nothing and get God's blessing poured into your life? It's a lot less stress. It's a lot less work. It's a lot less hassle. I'll just sit back and wait for God to bless me. It's kind of like that unexpected Christmas present, right? Whoa, that's awesome. But these lifelong, life-shaping blessings through obedience, they bring a joy and a contentment to life that isn't the flash-in-the-pan joy that comes with that new Christmas toy, a joy that fades quickly. It brings a joy and a contentment that is lasting, that will shape your life now and forever, and that will carry you right through to eternity. You know, I love that image from verse 1. The prayer is that God's face would shine down on us. It's a picture of God smiling over our lives. God looking down and smiling at us. God taking pleasure in us as children. God taking delight in you. you know, that's what we as parents do over our children when they make wise choices, when they learn to obey, when they mature and grow and become the men and women that we prayed that they would become, right? That's when we smile biggest and best over our children. And that's when we will be blessed by God's smile on our lives. When we make godly choices, when we obey him, when we become spiritually mature and become the men and women that God wants us to be. That is the path for blessing. The blessing that we're asking for. The blessing that we're longing for. And you know, we need to be honest too this morning about what that bless, blessing really looks like. I wonder if we really even know what we're asking for when we ask for God's blessing. 
If we really understood God's blessing, would we want it? Because Jesus told us in Matthew 5 what it meant to be blessed by God. Who is it that's blessed? Here's what Jesus said. He said the blessing of the kingdom of heaven is going to be given to those who are poor in spirit. It's not going to be given to the proud, the strong, and the self-sufficient, but to the poor in spirit. He said the blessing of comfort. How many times have we asked for that, that, right? God, give your comfort. The blessing of comfort is going to be given to those who mourn over the brokenness of the world and then strive to bring God's wholeness to that brokenness. And the blessing of this earth is going to be given to the meek instead of the power hungry. And the blessing of fullness and contentment in life How much is that worth, right? The blessing of fullness and contentment in life is going to be given to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness instead of possessions and riches. And the blessing of mercy is going to be given to those who are merciful. And the blessing of an intimate relationship with God, with the God of the universe is going to be given to those who are pure in heart and obedient to him. And the blessing of being a child of God, welcomed into the family of God, is going to be given to those who advocate for peace. And the blessing of heaven itself is going to be given to those, Jesus says, who are willing to give their lives away completely for God's kingdom purposes. Even if that means persecution. Even if that means death. That's where blessing is going to be found. That's what it means to be blessed by God. It's the very definition of blessing. And it's a definition that is different from this world's definition of blessing. And I would guess it might be very different from the blessing that you have been asking for for your life. God bless America. Perhaps this 4th of July, and in this political season that we're in, we need to pray that prayer a lot more often. But then we better be ready not just to sit back and, and wait for those blessings to drop out of heaven. We better be ready to walk down God's kingdom path of blessing, characterized by knowing what is right by God's standards, characterized by having a deep desire for justice, characterized by having a willingness to defend the defenseless, characterized by a love that's strong even for our enemies, characterized by true humility and trust that comes from knowing God is in control and we're going to trust him every step along the way. True blessing will come as God's kingdom comes and as his will is done by you and by me. Psalm 33 verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation who is obedient That's what he's saying, obedient to God's design, to God's plan. 
as a nation, as a church, as a family, as every individual here. Pray for God's blessing. And then receive God's blessing as you live out your life on the path to blessing. Would you pray with me? God, be gracious to us. Bless us. And make your face shine upon us. Help us to understand what we're really asking for there, Lord. Help us not to be asking for your blessing out of a selfishness, out of a greediness, out of a desire for our success and for our kingdoms and our lives and our influence to grow stronger and to be easy. Give us a greater desire than that. May our desire be, first of all, for your kingdom. May our desire be, first of all, that you are honored and you are glorified and you are recognized in our neighborhoods, in our offices, in our schools, in our state, in our nation, and in our world. May every blessing be turned back to glory to you. And Father, as you revealed the path towards blessing to us. Make us people who are willing to walk that path in our lives. Don't let us be lazy. Don't let us be lazy Christians that simply ask for your blessing and then sit and wait. When you point out the path to blessing, make us people who move. People who are willing to put one foot in front of the other and walk that path even if it means sacrifice, even if it means difficulty, even if it means life change that we wouldn't have chosen, especially if it means that you will be glorified and not us. Father, thank you for revealing the path of blessing for us. Convict us Convince us to trust you enough to follow your direction and to experience true blessing that goes so far beyond happiness and brings us to the point of true joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite the worship team to come forward. Would the rest of you please stand with us, please? The verse that we're going to memorize for this coming week is verse 1 that we just heard. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. And so we're going to sing that request. The song, Shine on Us, comes from that verse from Psalm 67. Asking that God would shine his face, smile on us as we live in obedience. So just like the Old Testament people of Israel in the temple would sing this psalm just before the final benediction, after they'd been in the temple worshiping God.